over at Red Rock, Chuck Esposito. What a weekend, Chuck, huh? If you like close games, you like some barn burners, pretty good football action for Saturday and Sunday, wouldn't you say? It was, T. I prefer a little bit more uh, puppies barking, but uh, <laughs> overall it was, uh, you know, some interesting games. And, uh, you know, tonight, as you mentioned, the Jets are ahead of, of the Bills, and they've got a very advantageous schedule the second half of the season. A win here puts them at 5-3. and three. A loss by the Chargers puts them at 3-5. and five. And at the bottom of the AFC West tied with the, with the Broncos. So big game for both teams, but it's a Jet team, again, who got through the tough part of the schedule, has a chance to go two games above 500, and who knows if there's going to be a certain number eight that might be back at some point later in the season. But uh, kind of an interesting matchup um, with a Charger defense that isn't very good and a Jets defense that keeps them in almost every game. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get to that in a little bit. Chuck, let's recap what we saw yesterday in the NFL's uh, favorites to go 7-4. and four. So uh, I know it was a good day for the guests uh, pretty much, wasn't it? It was, T. I think it's, it's, it's the seven favorites that actually got there um, that were the big difference. Um, getting you know the Raiders, too, was a huge decision for us. We were big-time Giant fans yesterday. Uh, you know, new coach, new GM, kind of a uh, a new start. I think you could just see the the energy and feel the energy um, at Allegiant yesterday, and kind of an easy win. We were clearly Cowboy fans. Needed to keep that under. It didn't happen. Needed the Seahawks against the Raven team now that is starting to look really dominant at home. And then we were Bills fans last night, and uh, the Bengals just kind of beat them up. Uh, I felt in that game. So uh, really, kind of another good Sunday for the guests with the way those games kind of worked out yesterday. Let's talk about the Raiders game, Chuck. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot about this leading up to it. We knew the Raiders were going to be pumped up, revved up, fired up to go. Uh, but again, you know, how long could that last, uh, you know, you and how, how's it going to work, you know, with the, with a new offensive coordinator who's never called plays before, new interim head coach, but uh, they got the job done. They look very, very impressive. And for me, like I had said earlier, uh, they took care of the ball. I mean, did not commit a turnover. First time this year they did not commit a turnover, and their quarterback did not throw an interception. So I was very impressed with the, the way the Raiders played. And uh, the Giants, of course, you know, the Giants. So it was a great spot for the Raiders. But the, the thing I want to touch on with you is, you know, that line kept moving in favor of the Giants, it looked like, as we got closer to kickoff, because it went down to one and a half. So it sounded like there is, but we know there was a lot of money on the Raiders as well, too. So tell us, you know, how that all shook out. Kind of take us to the beginning of the week, uh, you know, when, when Antonio Person was named the interim head coach. We knew McDaniels and company were gone. And then all the way up until kickoff, where that money was flowing. Yeah, early in the week, T, I mean, after that news kind of broke about the, um, the coaching and GM change, the number did come down, but we clearly saw some more sharper, sophisticated play on the Raiders um, by midweek. Uh, late in the week, there was a little bit of money on the Giants that came in, but in the 24 to kind of 36 hours leading up until kickoff, it was fairly one-sided. I mean, we know being locals' properties that our guests 
not only back the Raiders with their heart and their fandom, they back them with their pocketbook. And it was no different in this particular game where that was arguably our biggest decision of the afternoon, uh, needing the Giants in that game, especially straight, parlays, money line, everything live from the kind of morning was going to the Eagles and Raiders. And uh, in both cases, worked out well for the guests. But a lot of Raider action came in. Um, you know, you're right about what you said. I'm not sure how long they can sustain this. But, you know, you, you had Jacobs, who had one of his better games of the year. He actually was at a 100 yards rushing before his last two carries, where he lost a few yards. Hunter Renfro was more involved. Uh, O'Connell played a good game, took care of the ball. I thought defensively they played good. Um, you still didn't get Devontae Adams involved that much, but it's still a win. They're 3-4 and four right now. Uh, they still have the whole second half of the season to go. And the Chargers lose tonight. They're sitting in a good spot right behind the Chiefs. Uh, but they've got a tough game next week on primetime against the Jet team on Sunday night that is really, really good defensively. And if the Jets win tonight against the Chargers, I think this number would sit to two and a half right now, will at least tick up to a field goal for the Sunday night game. Chuck, uh, you talked about the, the late games for you, and it seems like that's been a pattern this year from all the bookmakers that I've talked to that you get those one-sided games in the afternoon. Yesterday, there was only three late games. We had the, one of our smallest cards for the, the afternoon games and two of them, you know, obviously us because of the Raiders here. And you said the Philadelphia Dallas game, you know, all everything's tied to those teams and then to carry it over to Sunday night. So I don't expect you had much action on the Indianapolis Carolina game yesterday. That was the least bet of the of the three afternoon games or the four if you include the Sunday night game. But we really were uh, extremely high on the uh, uh, Philly Dallas over. We were big time under fans there as well. And you're right. Um, the, the narrative has been, or or the script has been over the last you know uh, several weeks of, of the pro football season that we really needed some late games and didn't get them. However, last week it was really flipped. Where I think we talked about it, uh, we went one and eight in the morning. Favorites just dominated the morning slate, and then this is again not not yesterday, but a week ago, where we had that miracle kind of onside kick, and the Cardinals, you know, get that cover against the Ravens, and then had both the 49ers and Chiefs lose outright, um, which really saved the day. Um, but uh, most of the afternoon games, including that total, went the better's way. And again, that Bengal. Bengal Bill game guys kind of ping pong back and forth a little bit. Sharper play though, clearly on Cincinnati, especially early in the week. And uh, they looked really good. This is a Bengal team that looks so much different than they did over the first four weeks of the season. Uh, Burrow, I think, 10, intercept- 10 touchdowns and two interceptions over his last three or four games. He looks to be getting healthy. T. Higgins is healthy. I know Chase is a little bit banged up right now, but uh, you look at that AFC, and Bengals and Ravens right now might be the two hottest teams. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock talking about yesterday's NFL action. Chuck, you mentioned the Philadelphia-Dallas game, uh, drama down the stretch. And, uh, we, we see that the Cowboys, you know, had a chance, uh, you know, for a, a potential backdoor cover there or at least, you know, cut the lead to three as Dak Prescott steps out of bounds with the two point conversion. Then you had a touchdown overturned earlier in the drive before that for the Cowboys. I was curious, what side did you guys need in that game? No, we, we were clearly Cowboy fans, T. I mean, I, I talked about it. It was a, a big afternoon decision for us. 
if uh, you know we didn't get them in, somehow keep the game under would have really helped a lot. That was, I mean, he, he steps out of bounds on that play. They get the touchdown call back. But, you know, they showed an interesting graphic yesterday, guys. And when the, the Cowboys are behind, Dak Prescott is the lowest-ranked quarterback in the league. When the Eagles are behind, Jalen Hurts is the highest-ranked quarterback in the league. I think kind of enough said with that. I think the Eagles had a little bit of bulletin board material, which we chatted about last week, where Jerry Jones made that famous comment a month ago that the Super Bowl in the NFC goes through San Francisco. Granted, the Niners have now lost three straight. The only team with one loss is the Philadelphia Eagles. So for my money right now, the Eagles are the best team in football. How about the ending of the Houston Texans Tampa Bay Buccaneers game yesterday, Chuck? Now we know this this line was two or two and a half, and I I couldn't believe that that uh, Houston came came storming back because well I was at the press box at Allegiant Stadium and you know they got the red zone on and I see the little dink and dunk you know, coming from C.J. Stroud, I'm going like, okay, well, you know, they're not getting this thing done. It's done. And then I see the final score, and then my phone starts blowing up. I was going, can you believe that he went Neil Diamond at the end? And instead of, so Houston gets the uh, the touchdown, and instead of kicking the extra point, it's it would make it 40 to 37. Everybody kicks the extra point, but he decides to go ahead and, 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 and take a knee instead of going for the two point conversion. I know their kicker was injured. Grant, I get that, but you don't see a, a, a quarterback take a knee when you still have six seconds to go. You're going to get at least one playoff. You could have a pass interference. You could have something. You at least attempt to, to go for the two point conversion and be up by four, but it just seemed very, very strange. Especially, you know, like myself, I didn't get a chance to see it. So, Chuck, if you did see that, kind of talk about that and, and the result. You had to have people going crazy on, on both sides of betting this game. Yeah, I mean, I know Fairburn was hurt, and I get it. You know, they, they had gone for two-point conversions a couple of times earlier. They did kick uh, and, and, and were successful on their, their extra point after that. But uh, I was surprised they didn't at least run the play. I mean, uh, being up by four over two, um, I, I know there's only six seconds to go in the game, but we've seen goofy things happen before. I was really surprised from our side. We kind of talked about it that just took a knee. You could really kind of protect the ball, and, and hopefully maybe Shroud could do something. He's a, he's a big quarterback like Hurts. Um, to get up by four. But, you know, first for me, guys, it's what a phenomenal game uh, Stroud plays. When you look at quarterbacks with 470-plus yards, um, it's, I mean, he's in some elite company with guys that have done that, and he's a rookie. Uh, I think if you're the Carolina Panthers right now, uh, when your quarterback threw more, more touchdown passes to the opposition yesterday than he did to his own team, I think you're, if you could redraft right now, if they did a redraft right now, my guess is the consensus number one pick would be C.J. Stroud. Yeah, that was an incredible game. And I could understand them not kicking the extra point because of the injury. Correct. Because the only way they could have blocked the extra point maybe in back. But you right. were on to play. I agree with you. Here we go yeah, again. Playing not to lose again. Just, I mean, just these teams. Just You're, you're so fearful. You, you don't play that way. You don't play that way for, for 59 well, I think, you minutes know, plus. Kicking, it's crazy. It, could get, it could get blocked. You're not, you know, the guy kicking the extra point isn't their kicker. Um, goofy stuff could happen. And if it gets returned, it's, it's points uh, for that team. But not running. Um, you could have run a conservative play with right. the same 
kind of mindset that it's almost a kneel down, but it's a really conservative running play. But you have a big quarterback who I think could kind of push the pile, is, is you know, in that kind of Jalen Hurts type mold. And I was surprised they just took a knee. No question. Let me tell you this, guys, too. Here's another thing. Every team, okay, has at least two guys that can kick an extra point. Okay. And they practice this stuff. There's, okay, cause you're, you're only, um, suiting up one kicker. Okay. You're not suiting up two kickers. So you always have somebody that you go, okay, if something happens, who is our guy? You know, somebody kicked in high school, did something. And these guys, there's at least two guys on this team are ready for these situations. And in a situation like that, you're asking them to kick a, a, a 33 yard field goal. Believe it or not. There's a lot of people that can do that. But like Chuck said, you at least run the play and go for two. You don't go Neil Diamond. I mean, give me a break. He did go. You know, it's funny, but you think it's easy to kick the extra point. I went to the college football uh, Hall of Fame in Atlanta a few years ago. And they have, you know, all kinds of interactive stuff that is so cool. And, you know, if anybody has a chance to go there, I highly recommend it. One of the things they have is to kick <laughs> like a 20-yard field goal. And I think I watched 100 guys miss, including myself. <laughs> Chuck, it, these guys are NFL. Ra- I can easy. tell you. I can tell you, though, Chuck. I, I, I've been in enough practice. I can tell you, though, Chuck, every punter is also kicked as well, too. So that's why the punter usually is the guy that can drill an extra it, point. It was not, though. I, it was not for the Texans, I don't believe. It was yeah. the running back. He played soccer. He, that's, right, that was his, right, right. That was his background. And he, yeah. hit, he hit a 29-yard field goal right. that, that actually did. put them up. My point exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it just, it's, it's it's weird. I mean, it's, it's it, just, you know, weird. yep. <laughs> but it's not as easy as it looks, guys. I, I, you know, I thought it was easy too. And, uh, you know, I played sports. I'm like, I'm going to drill this. And, uh, I think I hit somebody in the head. It was standing there next to me. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you probably had, you know, three or four, uh, you know, Budweiser's in your system or something too. <laughs> You're just- no comment, D. No comment, D. All right, man. So tonight, uh, you mentioned with the Chargers are a three-and-a-half-point uh, choice against the Jets. Marco, who do you like in this game? I When it got to three-and-a-half, I grabbed the Jets. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, you got the better defense getting points at home in a primetime game. I realize the Chargers' offense is, you know, explosive, but this is one of the best defenses they faced, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it all along. The Jets' defense is a Super Bowl caliber defense. It's it's the yeah. offense that's been the problem, and so, you know, the last month, Zach Wilson has shown up on some of these primetime games. I mean, he played well in the loss to Kansas City last week, as you said on <laughs> last Monday. Uh, we set football back like 30 years oh, yeah. with the Giants Jets game. <laughs> that was terrible. But I, I like taking a team that, that wins ugly because nobody wants them. I yeah. the, the following week. So we'll see what happens, but, uh, it'll be an interesting game to say the least. Which way is the money going here, Chuck? It's, it's hard to say because unfortunately there is liability from yesterday, um, to both sides just because the bet, the, the guest did so well. Um, worst case for us is the Chargers and over. Best case would be the Jets winning the game, guys. But but I kind of agree with Mark. I think when when you look at the Jets team and you look at who they've shut down as far as quarterbacks this year, um, I know that say Robert Sellers said he embarrassed you know every quarterback this year, and I thought it was you know a little pompous to say that. And I think afterward he kind of backtracked a little bit and said he probably shouldn't have used those words, but he's kind of right. 
I mean, they really have dominated, I think, in Brandon Staley's case. Um, if the Chargers can find a way to lose, they're going to find it. And they're going up against a really good defense tonight. I think Brees Hall and I think Garrett Wilson are going to have opportunities against this Charger defense that's ranked in the back half. And every game now, with I mean, you think about the AFC East. Dolphins lost. Granted, they played the Chiefs. Bills lost. Granted, they played the Bengals. Patriots lost. That was a home loss to the Commanders. But this is a huge game for the Jets to really get back into it. And as I mentioned earlier, very favorable schedule uh, the last uh, the latter part of the season. And who knows? They just showed you know number eight walking into the stadium tonight. There wasn't a whole lot of a limp there, so I don't know if it's possible that he comes back beforehand, and we know what the the normal time away from the game is with that type of injury, but this is a Jet team because of that Super Bowl-caliber defense. If they could go on a little bit of a roll, get some continuity offensively, beat up some of these teams they're supposed to win, it's going to get awfully interesting in the AFC East, guys. All right, Chuck, today we have an anniversary. And I think that you can relate to this anniversary. I want you to go back, Chuck, in your way back machine, okay? And I want you to look back to November 6th, 1993. What were you doing, Chuck? Where were you at on November 6th, 1993? <laughs> I was working at the Las Vegas Hilton Superbook. Uh, okay, well, you were close, okay? Because I was going to say that I thought you might be in the same spot that I was at. Because that was the night at Caesars Palace, my friend. Riddick, Bowie, Vander, Holyfield. And you know what happened that night? I do. Fan man. The fan man. There it is. Right there. Fan man flew right over to my left, over my left shoulder, probably about uh, 30 feet above me. Boom. There he is in the ring. And I know, Chuck, you spent uh, time at Caesars, so I wasn't sure if you were at Caesars yet or that came later. But uh, I, I know you could appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I started working there a little bit later than that. It was, uh, it was in 2000, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, uh, when you, when you think about it, I, I thought when he first flew over that you probably had ordered a pizza or something <laughs> and you were getting it delivered. Cause the only guy I know that thinks about food more than sports is you. So, I mean, I would have made that the favorite, but, uh, it, it was quite the spectacle. That's for sure. I cannot argue with this man at all. There's no debate. You know, you're right, Chuck. But Chuck, would it have been comped? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no other way. Come on, there's no, no Chuck, other way. There it is. No other way. Uh, all right, my friend. We will. Uh, we'll let you get back to work. Okay, over there at Red Rock with your fantastic crew. Uh, enjoy some football tonight, and uh, another big week uh, coming your way with uh, the Golden Knights. We got hockey. Got NBA. College basketball is here. Rebels. College hoop. Yep. Rebels. A lot start of good stuff, guys. Wednesday. Good stuff, man. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Chuck. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, boys. Enjoy the game. There it is. All right. You guys. See, now, now you're rubbing off on Chuck. I mean, Chuck's bringing up the food now, too.